Welcome to the Police Fit Podcast, where applicants and serving officers can learn how to smash their fitness test and regain their health. With over 11 years' experience in the fitness industry and 17 years' service in the military and as a first responder, your host, Brad Williams, shares his experience and expertise in helping applicants get their dream job and serving members regain their health. Learn how to increase your health and fitness with actionable steps for first responders by a first responder. So please enjoy this episode of the Police Fit Podcast. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of the Police Fit Podcast. A few questions as always. Um, first one's from Jess Lucia. Um, her question is, um, getting back into training after an illness. Now, I've done a podcast on this um, in relation to getting back into training after injury. Um, so check out that one. But coming in after illness is, is very similar. It's, a, it's the same kind of concept you want to look at. Basically, your body's not going to be 100% still, so make sure you take it easy. Something that I like to do when I'm coming back from an illness, say I've had like a week or two out of training, what I'll do is for that week coming back into it, I'll focus on consistency, not intensity. So I don't want to go in there and smash myself, but I do want to get in there consistently, you know, just to get my routine back into place, just get my head back into the right space again. Um, so focus on your consistency, not your intensity. Um Something else I'll do is just focus on fully controlled movements. So I'm not going to be doing any like jerk movements or anything like that. It's going to be fully controlled, a lot of um, mind-muscle connection, make sure I'm contracting the muscles as good as I can. You know, just getting that consistent, good movement in throughout that first week. Um, also listening to my body. So it, say if I go in and, you know, I do two good sessions and then the third one, yeah, I'm still taking it easy, but I'm feeling really shit. Right, then I'm going to listen to my body and have a rest, okay? Because I've because I've planned, say, you know, five or six sessions for that week. Doesn't mean you know that I have to get that consistency in and get those five and six sessions in. I need to really make sure I'm listening to my body because if you don't, you know, you might have those two weeks away because you're ill. You get back in, you smash it for a week, you'll get sick again. You'll have another two weeks out rather than easing back into it and then staying consistent. You know, get that consistency in and then the next week you can add that intensity in as well. Um, one thing also, if you're, you know, if you go in and you've got a session planned, you know, and, and you're still feeling pretty fatigued, you can also change the session around. So if you've got a resistance session um, booked in, you know, just, just get on the treadmill, get on the cross trainer, you know, still keep your body moving, but keep it very minimal resistance. Um, maybe do some stretching, just kind of get back into that routine of getting back into the gym, you know, going there and doing something, right? But just really, really, it's, I said it a few times now, but it's super important to listen to your, listen to your body, listen to what it's trying to tell you, especially when you're coming back from illness, um, you know, because if you've had, especially if you've had a week or two out, you know, you, you've been really sick. So make sure you just really take it easy getting back into it because you will get sick again. If you try and go in, with consistency and intensity, right? And you hit it hard, you, you're going to get sick straight away again. Um, so I hope that helps you out there. Um, as I said, there's another one. I've done another talk on um, coming back from injury. Um, so if you want that one, um, let me know. Um, the next one's from Ava Cleanworth, uh, Kleinworth, sorry. Um, the question is how to improve your 300 meter sprint. Now, uh, this is for an entrance test. Um, 
Look, it's a hard distance, all right? It, it, it involves power and endurance. Um, I was listening to an interview with Usain Bolt and I remember they asked him why he doesn't run, doesn't do the 400 metres. Um, straight up, he said, because he has to train too hard for it. All right, so that, that 100 metres, you know, anyone can anyone can sprint 100 metres basically, you know, without, you know, you're going to be fatigued at the end of it, but you can sprint as hard as you can for 100 metres. You know, to sprint as hard as you can for 300 metres, it's really fucking hard. Um, so it, it's a horrible distance. Um, so what I would look at doing, all right, for this training, very similar to what we do with our beep chest training. So three running days a week, um, a short interval session, so 10 by 100, you would have heard me say this before. All right, that's going to focus on that power because there's power and endurance in this, right, more so on the power side um, than the endurance side. Um, but those short intervals, 10 by 100, that's going to give you your power training. Those me- medium intervals, so 6 by 400, it's going to give you that power and endurance. And you're also training at the distance or a little bit above it, okay, just to give you that extra training. Um, and then like a long, slow run. So you're looking at like 40, 45 minutes plus, right? And that's going to give you that endurance side of it. So the, the 100 meters is that, that main power, right? The 6 by 400 is that power and endurance and training at distance, right? And then that long, slow run is that more endurance side of it. Um, also, um, I had a bit of a chat to, chat to Ava and there was something else in, a fitness, in the fitness testing as well. Right, is a 1.5 mile jog. Um, for anyone in Australia, 1.5 miles is 2.4 kilometers. All right, it's very common in the military as well. That 2.4 k test. Um, yeah, it, it's it's the same as it's the same kind of thing. You know, it's a it's a hard distance because you know it, it's not a it's not a long run. Like it's not a 5k, 10k plus run. All right, it's only 2.4 k so it's long enough that you it's it's going to be hard like it's a bit of time but it's short enough that when they do a 2.4 k test it's generally a pretty fast time so it's it's short enough that you really need to push the pace um so that is another hard one to train for Um, but i recommend the exact same running this short interval medium interval with a long slow run anything that like up to five kilometer mark, anything from you know, 100 meters up to five k's, it, it's going to give you it's going to give you the training for that, and that's why I love it so much. I love laying out the training, the training for that. Um, obviously, if you're looking at doing like a a marathon or something, um, then obviously a different type of training. But anything up to that, you know, that five k five k training mark, okay, th- this is great type of running: short interval, medium interval, and then a longer slow run. Um, the next one's from Susan. Um, so we're actually training with Susan at the moment and she's absolutely fucking smashing the program. Like she's doing very, very well. Um, I was talking to her just, uh, today, I think it was, and she was just, um, telling me how, you know, how much her habits have changed. Um, I won't go into it because we had a bit of a private conversation regarding that. Um, but yeah, just how much her habits have changed where in the past, um, something might've happened and she's gone to the junk food or that comfort food. But now she, you know, with her habits, she's built um, with her time with us, you know, she's not reaching for that junk food anymore. She's got, you know, different mechanisms she's using um, that are healthier mechanisms to cope with stuff. Um, so basically her question was tips to deal with cravings. So when I look at cravings, okay, I look at three things. You want to supplement it, minimize it and eliminate it. 
Okay, so when we look at cravings, we're normally talking about like no one's fucking craving broccoli here, all right? And if you are, stop it, it's weird. Um, so generally we're craving like sugar, bad things, okay? So what I look at is, you know, supplement, minimize, eliminate. So I'll use Coke for first example. So, um, you know, what we want to do is we want to supplement it with something healthier. Not, I'm not talking about supplement it with something healthy, all right? Something healthier than what you're already doing, okay? That's the first stage is supplement. So if you're having Coke, maybe, you know, if you're having Coke five times a week, then maybe look at having Diet Coke five times a week, okay? So that's our first bit. That's our supplemented bit, okay? Then we want to look at minimizing it. So now you're having Diet Coke five days a week, okay? Maybe we want to minimize that to two or three days a week. So we're minimizing that down. And then we want to eliminate that. So um, for myself, I'll, I'll generally have oh, maybe one can of um, oh, sugar-free Coke a week at work if we're having pizza or something, uh, maybe two. But that's about it. Um, you know, at, at a stage I was having, um, you know, one, or, you know, three cans of Coke a week. And I just, over time, just minimize that to Coke Zero. And then now I just have it, you know, if I'm having a pizza, basically. The same thing you can do with coffee, okay? So, um, you know, if you're having sugar in your coffee, you know, you can supplement it with an artificial sweetener. Now, um, they, these aren't great for you either, but we're doing it um to minimize so you supplement it with the artificial sweetener okay you're not going to have as much in there as what you are sugar okay it is a little bit healthier because there's less calories um so we're going to then minimize it so maybe you have two sugars right and you then you have like one artificial sweetener to cover those two sugars right then we're going to minimize that down to half an artificial sweetener Right, and then we're going to eliminate it. So then we're going to move into that no artificial sweeteners at all. Um, and you get to a point now, like I, I cut sugar out of my coffees years ago. I can't remember last time I had sugar in my coffee. And then now, like if a, if I'm at a um, cafe or whatever, and they accidentally put sugar in it, I struggle to drink it because it just tastes so sweet. Um, so the other bit of her question was, um, she asked, "Does aspartame?" don't know if I pronounced that right. Um, I don't know if you've noticed over these podcasts, but I'm fucking horrible at pronouncing things. <laughs> so does aspartame, which is an artificial sweetener, right, cause sugar cravings? So it's the artificial sweetener they use in um, like diet drinks and that. So I did a bit of research on this. So what a few things with artificial sweetener, which it can do, right, is using artificial sweeteners, right, can can make things like fruit taste less appealing so with fruit it's like apples especially you kind of get that sweet feeling um you know it kind of when you are craving a bit of sugar having that apple you know it kind of does crush it a bit you know and it's because of that sweetness now having a lot of artificial sweetener makes sweet things not taste as sweet if that makes sense so that apple that you have you know, isn't going to taste as sweet so it's not going to I'm going to feel that sweet craving as much. Um, the other thing you can do, it can prevent you from associating sweetness with caloric intake, which then means you can overeat on treats. So the best way to, I think, to explain this is if you've ever had a dessert and you've had like a little bit, you're like, oh, that's so sweet. I won't, that's so much sugar and I won't have, I won't have much of that. 
All right, that that kind of that kind of feeling will be subside um subdued if you're having a lot of artificial sweetener because you're having so much of it. You know, when you do have that that dessert that's really sweet, right? You, and your body goes, or your mind goes, oh, there's a lot of sugar in that. I shouldn't eat too much. Okay, you're not you're not going to taste the amount of sugar that's in there, if that makes sense. So you're going to be having it, and you're not going to have that. Oh, that's too sweet feeling because you're you, your taste buds are so used to having something so much sweeter than that. All right, so that's one of the other issues. You know, it, it can prevent you from associating sweetness with caloric intake. Um, you know, and just why just while we're on the the food the food side of it, I was having a chat to um, someone the other day too, and we were talking about. Um, you know, when you when you go to a job that's not so good, um, you know, and then basically how you how you react and and what you do to your coping mechanisms, basically. So um, I just want to talk about that quickly in this podcast. I've spoken about it before, but I think it's just so important, especially um, in this field of work. Like you go to a lot of fuck jobs. I can't remember I was reading it somewhere that um. You know, the average person in a lifetime will um, attend or see or be involved in, you know, one or two really traumatic events. Um, you know, and I've been on shifts um, as a fire as a couple where you've you've gone to one or two traumatic events in a shift. Um, so it is something extremely important in our mental health and how we how we deal with um, going to jobs. So basically, what we're talking about is, you know going to a job that's that's not not great and just how you how you react to it you know some people go for food some people go for alcohol and those are all coping mechanisms and they can be fine as well but the thing we were talking about and discussing is you know when does it you need to be very in tune with when does it become a a, a coping an immediate coping mechanism and then a long-term coping mechanism so for myself, I went to a um, like a very messy job involving some kids. Um, so for me, and I've spoken about this before, um, you know, I had a few, I had a few drinks that night. Okay, um, and then for me, I'm I'm not a big drinker. Oh, sorry, when I have a drink, I am a big drinker, but I'm not. I don't drink consistently, you know. Um, so for me, like when I kind of felt that next night and then the following night I was like fuck I'd kill a beer right now um that was kind of a pretty good indication for me like hey I've gone past that first night of having a drink and kind of you know thinking about it and processing the job where now I'm like okay this is outside of my normal coping mechanisms and what I would normally do for a job um you know and I identified that pretty early and went and see went and seek um help with that so you, you need to understand, like, if your coping mechanism for going to a shitty job is going out and getting takeaway or eating shit food, you know, and, and generally you're eating quite well, okay, that's just one of your coping mechanisms, okay, maybe you do that, you, you know, you go to the job during the day, that night you're like, oh, I don't eat, I don't eat the broccoli that I normally crave, right, because you're fucking weird, right, <laughs> so you're like, uh, I don't, I don't want to eat, at home. I just want to go out and eat some fucking junk food because I feel like shit, I want to eat food that I think is going to make me feel better. That's totally fine. And that's normal. Okay. But then it's that next night where you're like, I, I want to eat shit food again. And the next night I want to eat shit food again. So you need to understand that, you know, whatever your coping mechanism is like, um, 
you know, some people go train for me, like I'll train, um, it'll make me feel great. And then I'll have a few drinks with my wife or just have a few drinks and play Xbox with my brother. Um, they're, they're my coping, me- coping mechanisms when I go to um, a bad job, you know, so whatever it is for you. Okay. You know, and, and training can be one of those things as well. Like anything too much of anything can be bad. So maybe training is your coping mechanism. You know, you get home from your, your shit job and you you smash out a big session. Then you wake up in the morning and smash out another session. Then you have another session at lunch and then you have another session after dinner. You know, once you realize, hey, I'm fucking training three times a day because I'm trying to cope with something that I haven't dealt with. All right, that's when you need to understand, okay, you know, we all have coping mechanisms for things. We need to understand, right, our coping mechanisms short term, okay, if they start to push into a long-term coping mechanism, then we need to go chat to someone about it. Um, so that's just something um, that wasn't a question asked, just a conversation I was having with someone that I just wanted to bring up again. So just one of the takeaways from that is just understand what your coping mechanism is. Um, so for me, I'll, I'll have it, I'll have it, I'll train, you know, if I have time to train, um, I'll do that. And then I'll have a few drinks and just kind of process it. So for me, I know that, hey, the next night, if I'm feeling like I need a drink again, um, then I straight away I'll go, okay, something's not right. I need to talk to my wife more about it. Um, you know, I need to go see someone about it. So it's just understanding, you know, what your coping mechanisms are. Okay, going out and having pizza and that kind of shit, is, it's not bad, you know, but if you're having then pizza or takeaway every single night, then obviously that's bad. That's turned into a long-term coping mechanism, uh, which is unhealthy. So um, just identify, you know, your short-term coping mechanisms and your long-term ones, okay? And they're going to be different from each other. So you just need to identify that, you know, if your short-term coping mechanism is starting to turn into a long-term one, then obviously you need to seek some help and, and chat to someone about it. So um, I'm just going to wrap it up with that for this week. Um, this week, two applications have opened for one-to-one coaching. So if you're interested in that, just drop me a message. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Police Fit Podcast. Now, I'm going to ask you to do what everyone else asks you to do as well. Can you please subscribe, like, and share the podcast? The more people we can get it in front of, the more people we can help. Now, on that too, if you've got any questions at all, please shoot me a message on Facebook. I'll cover it off in the podcast. I'll give you the most amount of information that I can. And please, if you need help with your fitness, training, mindset, anything, please reach out and ask me. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you out. You just need to ask. Thanks, guys.